Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One hour from now, Baccione is going to be running everything. He'll take us through Worker Shoot. Also, 12.40 p.m. Eastern, Tyler Dunn, publisher of Go Long, going to join us on the show. Talk to him about the NFL. Talk to him about Carson Wentz. More on Carson Wentz in just a moment. However, I bring in the man who's running everything right now. Anthony Pirino. Oh, hello. Yellow hello. Pirino. Hello, Kenny. It's wonderful to speak to you oh, again. What by the way, did I'm not gonna say on air what I was out doing. Well, did, Anthony Lyman made it out to be like very suspicious. What did he make it seem like I got arrested the night before or something? I uh, no, but just, you know, you were uh I mean you took off for like a bad you know, like a bad reason. Like you really didn't have like a like a real legit good what reason to be taking off a, you know, your Saturday show. How often do I take off a Saturday show? Never, man. Never. Exactly. So if I take unless, the Saturday show off, unless you have off, like a bad uh, eye infection, uh, you had, you had a str- you had a bad stretch there where Don't. you had an eye issue and like I feel buddy, like buddy, I still got the eye issue. I sleep every <laughs> night. See. This not I, I don't even want to talk about because I want to jinx it. That caused a lot of issues around here. Your eye. Oh my god. <laughs> so I have had. I have had a corneal abrasion, which is basically a torn cornea. I know that sounds terrible. <laughs> for like four years, even longer maybe. And I think the first time it happened might have been when I, I – I think how it happened was my eye goes open at night and it might dry out, and then I think I rubbed it against the pillow. Pillow. And, the, and then that's what does it. So now it's a big thing with the – I have to get a surgery – my insurance provider Ooh. is like, no, it's experimental surgery. Because I actually got approved twice. I couldn't do it because it was football season last year, and we were just too busy. I couldn't do it this year because when I went to do it on April 1st, we had the pandemic, and they had to get rid of all the elective surgeries. Yeah. So then when I went to do it again, they said it was an experimental surgery, and I'm going, how do you say it's an experimental surgery when you turn me down, when you approve me twice over? So now I have to wait until the new year. And then after the new year, probably after the Browns season, whether or not the Browns – it looks pretty good that they'll make the playoffs, I'm, I'm hoping here. And after their playoff run, whether it be one week or the whole shebang, uh, which, by the way, there will be part of another con- conversation coming up later in the show. See, this is just a one preeminent tease Yeah, well, how we like to do this. Uh, then that's when I will hopefully be able to get the surgery done. And, and I have problems with my eyes, too. I have dry eyes, so I wake up in the morning, and I have yeah. all, like, uh, my, this crust in my eyes, and I yeah. can't even open up my damn eyes. I, I tape my eyes shut. 
I do tape you? my my right eye shut. Yeah, every night. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I just I, I do remember those eye that eye uh, being an issue around here because I think like one morning, like I think you like called out maybe oh, like yeah. a half hour before the start of your show. I you had to go to the it. doctor and. I could not. Everyone do it. I was could, scrambling. Oh Because I, ca- I can't. I couldn't even drive in. You're yeah. driving with one eye. It's actually dangerous. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's bad. And now, I, you know, I get the glue on my face from the tape that I have to use. It's just one. Great so I thing. hope you had fun whatever you were doing last week instead of your show. I hope you had fun. I can't tell you what I would do. It's a hot button issue that people call in and yell at me about. No, I, w- I would never say anything. Yeah. Well, that's good. What's the top five subject, buddy? Well, uh, let me first off um, say— Top five personal injuries. L- well, let me just say happy holidays to everybody, all to, all to my Jewish friends, happy Hanukkah. Uh, yes. uh, now, saying that, it, it's December, and my favorite holiday is Christmas. I celebrate Christmas. You celebrate Christmas. So we're going to do Christmas, uh, Christmas-themed uh, topics here in the month okay. of December. I hope that right. doesn't offend anybody. Oh, that's okay. um, and today we are going to be doing our top five favorite Christmas commercials. Christmas. Oh, my God. I got like 10 right now off the top of my head. You And the reason I thought about bastard. this is because I, I, I saw something a couple of weeks ago that got me very aggravated. And that's why I thought about the commercial. Oh, so. OK. All yeah. right. Do we? No, do you... I, I don't want to say now because they'll reveal one of my my, oh, my okay. picks. So we'll have to hold off. For a little um, bit. By the way, I have celebrated Hanukkah as well. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I have. Well, I've, I've, I, part of my, uh, my dad's side of the family is Jewish, so uh, by marriage. So it's, it's been a. Uh, I've been to it all. I've been, to, I've been to the Hanukkah. I've never, I've actually, I've never been to a Jewish wedding. I wasn't allowed to go to the Jewish wedding w- that, that okay. they went to. Very. I wasn't allowed. To, there was like no kids for whatever reason. There have, was no kids. So have I wasn't you? Uh, to go. Were you uh, have you ever gone to a bar mitzvah? Yes. I went to my first a couple of years ago, thanks to the very talented sports anchor here at CBS Sports Radio, Peter Schwartz. Oh, you knew it was a big to do if Peter was involved in throwing it. Yes, the sir. only one from CBS Sports Radio, by the way, that was invited. What? <laughs> he sent in a message. <laughs> Peter was sending a message. Oh, that's great. Do you enjoy I, it? I, I was honored. It was my I've first been... bar mitzvah, and the fact yeah. that I was the only one from this building. That we work in, yeah, it was an honor. Oh, that is an honor. I had the uh, the reason I did bring it up is I got a coworker. I'm gonna leave names out. Our boss uh, at my station here in Cleveland is Jewish, and it's 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 Hanukkah, and he had asked well, one of my coworkers had asked a question because he texted us. He, he texts me during the show every now and then. He doesn't do it often, but just to clarify some things, and he goes, "Is he allowed to text during Hanukkah?" Mm. I went, "What?" And he goes, is he a li-? I go, you're thinking of Yom Kippur, you dumbass. Like that? No. Yon- ha- Hanukkah is a celebration. You get eight nights. It's a whole thing. Oh, I didn't know. I'm like, yeah, well, of course you don't know, you dummy. He's like, well, that's why I was asking you. I said, okay, well, now, now you know. Now you know. So, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been to it all. I've been to uh, – I, I haven't celebrated Yom Kippur, obviously, but I, I have uh, – or I haven't, I shouldn't say celebrated, I haven't observed Yom Kippur. Thank you. Uh, I, I have been to the, um, with the exception of the wedding, the bar mitzvah, the bat mitzvah, the funeral, the deal. It's been a, um, 
I, I, I've seen the culture, my friend. I have enjoyed the culture very much. 855-2124-CBS. So we'll do the top ten uh, best – or at least the top five best Christmas commercials uh, coming up here at 1120 a.m. Eastern. And now I'm nervous. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark A. Milley, will be joining us on the show, which Pierno said that the, the person who is handling it has been very – dead on about everything, so I must make sure that I'm in and out on time because I don't want to waste the general's time. Certainly I wouldn't want to because I know I get upset when my time's wasted. I don't know if I want to waste the time of one of the leaders of the free world. So this is going to be a hell of a time coming up here, and yes, I'm nervous because this is easily the most powerful person I've ever spoken to on the radio. So General Mark Milley going to be joining us on the show, getting us ready for Army-Navy later on today at 3 p.m. You can watch it on CBS. Top five coming up, and I told you back in April, I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you back in April. And for whatever reason, it just, I think you listen, but I didn't think you were listening to me. So maybe that's my own fault. Maybe it's just my own little picadillo that I can't, I can't understand some reason. When the Eagles took Jalen Hurts in the second round, they took him for a reason. When you're taking a guy in the second round when you have a 159 whatever it is million dollar quarterback and you can sit there and look me dead in the eye, Howie Roseman could look me dead in the eye and say what he wants to about multifaceted weapon and we can put him anywhere on the field and we can do this and we can do that. You can't tell me you didn't draft him. for If you wanted to draft a guy who you wanted to develop later on, don't give me this crap about best player available. Because if you wanted to take best player available and you wanted to actually help out your franchise, your franchise quarterback at that time, your franchise, underlying franchise quarterback, again, the guy you gave a contract to, then you're drafting for help for that QB. One of the greatest misconceptions ever, and I do this with draft guys all the time, they sit there and they scream and yell about best player available. And I say, yeah, that's if you don't have a quarterback. Then you're taking best player available. But when you have a quarterback, it's best player available mixed in with what helps that quarterback the most. And the guys who take best player available when they have a franchise quarterback are usually guys who end up getting fired. Guys like Ryan Grigson, who drafted like it was a video game when he had Andrew Luck. Instead of drafting for, yes, best player available, but also helping out a need to help out what is always supposed to be your best player, which is your quarterback, the face of your franchise. But I fight all the time with people about that, and it blows my mind that some just don't seem to want to get it. And so when you take it, and it's not an argument against Howie Roseman for taking Jalen Hurts, no. But let's call the truth the truth. Except that truth has changed over this season. When they took Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia back in April, it wasn't about whether or not Carson Wentz was their franchise quarterback because he'd get the yips. That's not what the conversation was about. I thought it was about his body. I thought it was about his mobility, his style of play, the way he plays, which is just not conducive to his injury history, to giving him any sort of a great future. To get a guy who you can take that's young, you can develop, and in case Carson Wentz were to have another long-term season-ending injury again, whether you could break the glass in this guy and develop him. That, I thought, was the right answer to Jalen Hurts, and that's the answer I gave every single week when we talk about Carson Wentz or month we talk about Carson Wentz until the season started. I did not foresee Carson Wentz getting the yips. That part, I throw my hands up. I did not see this. That was the only problem with any of this. 
August, September, October, November, now in December when this change has been made. I thought it was a fear of his body. I didn't think it was a fear of his mind. I, I am simply stunned that a guy five years in is having this type of season, and I wish I had an answer for it. I can blame Doug Peterson. I think that Doug Peterson has part of this blame. Watching his post-game press conferences, seeing the way that I don't think that he's handled it the right way. I think that he's been angry, and he's shown that he's been angry before, but I, I don't get that sense. I don't get that sense with the Eagles. You're playing in a bad division. And I know you've had injuries, but it feels like Doug Peterson feels as if he's a victim of something. Instead of leading, he, he's acting as if, as if he's a victim. You know, you watch Brian Flores in Miami, and Brian Flores has his own set of things that he has to deal with because he has to try to develop a quarterback and also try to make the playoffs. He owes that to his football team. He owes that to himself and to his franchise for being a good coach. Brian Flores has exuded leadership from day one. When things were good, I got that from Doug Peterson. I don't get that from Doug Peterson right now. I see a guy who is quick to anger, which can be a good thing. Quick to anger, but not quick to solutions. And if you're not quick to solutions, or you're not given good leadership, then your program is going to suffer. Your quarterback is going to suffer. And I think for the first time, the question of confidence in Doug Peterson has really taken over in Philadelphia. And I do think that that's a trickle-down effect to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, in his own right, has to be a leader. You know, the old questions about whether or not the team was truly following him, those bubble up at times like this. I, I, I think that's an unfair thing to say. But those questions do bubble up again. I wish I could make heads or tails of this because if he were hurt again, I'd say, yeah, this is, this is what you drafted. It's a good thing he played so well in the year that got you to the Super Bowl that Nick Foles can take over and, and you could have your incredible year and no one can ever take that championship away from you. It was won legitimately on the field against one of the best teams of our time. I never could foresee something like this, and I still think it's going to end up being an outlier. When we see quarterbacks do well, we're doing the same thing with Josh Allen, by the way, now. When we see quarterbacks do well, we always want to see if, if there's a correlation. It's natural. We want to see if there's a correlation for other quarterbacks. Josh Allen had a had a rough rookie season. He was handled very, very well, but he was still rough. We knew going into the season he was going to be maybe a wild stallion, if we could use that analogy to him, how he's he can throw the ball through the wall. He has great athleticism, but he's just so raw. You're going to have to give him time. You're going to have to smooth out those problems. And in year two, he was better. In year three, he's been really good for the Buffalo Bills. And has been an MVP candidate. And so we look at stats, and we see from year one to year three, and we, well, we can't give up on guys. There's guys who are just not good. We knew going in with Josh Allen, he was going to eventually be given the chance to hopefully be good, but he had to go to the right system. He had to go to the right coaching staff. He had to be given time. He was given time, and now they're flourishing. They've handled him very well in Buffalo. In Philadelphia, I think this is an outlier. I can't look at a guy and say, in three years, I can't look at a quarterback in year two, in three years this guy's going to suck like Carson Wentz. We love to do it. I don't think we can. I wish I had a good answer for it. The offensive line's been banged up. You're paid $159 million extra. You're supposed to be able to deal with it. You have found another wide receiver in Tyler Fulgham. You, you have been able to do that. 
but in a year where you're playing in a crap division, and I'm worried about the quarterback and his confidence, this is an unforeseen amount of yips. He has become a Chuck Knobloch figure for this football team. I thought it might be because of his physical history. I had no idea it was going to be because of this. I pull for Jalen Hurts. I want to be right about Jalen Hurts and why they took Jalen Hurts, but I didn't see it going this way. 855-2124-CBS. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, joins us 1140 a.m. Eastern. Up next, top five Christmas commercials ever. Man, Pierdo hit a home run with this one. It's Ken Carvin on CBS Sports Radio. Just over an hour and a half from now, Tyler Dunn going to join us. Publisher of Go Long. We'll talk NFL with him, Carson Wentz, the whole thing. Whether or not Carson Wentz can get back on track. I mean, there is a possibility he could still be the quarterback for the Eagles going into 2021. I don't think that's that's just a complete knockdown of anything. But I, I, I cannot explain these yips. I wish I could. I Guys go through bad things with offensive lines. They can't have help. But when you pay for franchise quarterbacking, you can't always be Patrick Mahomes where Kansas City has had – a bunch of injuries, and they had an opt-out because, well, for a good reason. You had a man who's going to be a medical doc- who is a medical doctor in Canada helping out with the COVID-19 pandemic. But they've had opt-outs. They've had injuries. Patrick Mahomes is a one-in-a-generation quarterback. Deshaun Watson dealing with the injuries on his offensive line, he, he is an upper echelon quarterback. And you could say, well, he was drafted number two overall. Yeah, you, you don't always get what you pay for when it comes to the NFL draft. They're not cars. They're not TVs. You don't always get what you pay for, man. They're humans. And sometimes humans are better than what we think they're going to be, like Tom Brady at draft pick 199, or there's guys like Carson Wentz who may have a nice future or or, or may have problems here for the future. 855-2124-CBS. We ready for it? Let's oh, get going yeah. with the top five, baby. We are ready. Time. The top, top five yes. Christmas commercials. I'm so excited for this. All I'm right. so excited. I'm starting off number five, uh, and I'm picking this because it debuted during the holiday season back in 1993. If you remember the Campbell Snowman commercial, yep. Uh, again, launched during the holiday season, so I always associate this commercial with the Christmas time. And it's cold outside. It's so cold that even the snowman has to go inside looking for shelter. But it's not a snowman. It's a young boy. And the snow just melts away as he eats the soup. It just—it's very creative, very <laughs> effective. It just—it puts you in the mood for something warm and delicious. So that's a great commercial, the Campbell's uh, Snowman. Uh, next, I have to go with the the Hess the truck commercials. Um, so not not one is uh, specific, but just in general. Uh, I just for Christmas. Uh, I just that's you see the Hess commercials, and it just it put me. Uh, in the holiday mood, and I don't even—I don't even think I ever got a. Actually, I don't think my parents even ever bought me one of these Hesh trucks. But uh, just the jingle, the Hesh trucks back, and it's better than ever for Christmas this year. The Hesh truck is here. I mean, come on. So it just—it uh, marked the beginning of the holiday season. Um, it was funny. My aunt bought my younger brother for a reason. She collected them for my younger brother for several years, and then the gave, Hess trucks. Yes, and then and in the box, mint condition, gave it to oh my, my brother, and my brother just absolutely destroyed the trucks, the boxes, everything uh, gone. I, uh, I made that. I made that mistake. I brought out my. Uh, I had a Lionel train set from had to be made in 1989. 
And for me, you know, that's a long time. And it was perfect. I got it out while the Suns were too young. I got it out while the Suns were too young. They, they, the, the, the engine is still good. A couple of the other cars, but everything else is just messed, messed up. So that was number four. Number three, Bud, uh, Budweiser in the late '80s. They uh, debuted a commercial, uh, and they don't even show beer in this ad. They're just wishing everyone a happy holiday season, and the ad features the Clydesdale horses. They're transporting a tree. They're just marching through this neighborhood, snow pouring down. We watch from, like, a window of a home. It just It's very relaxing, peaceful. I know a lot of people think about Christmas. They think chaotic and stressful, trying to get the presents. But, like, mm-hmm. I feel like this commercial is, like, what Christmas is just supposed to be about. Uh, it was uh, it just it the beautiful, wintry scenery. Uh, so this is number three, the Budweiser commercial. It's so uh, good. Yeah, so good. Uh, number two, the M&M's meeting Santa from 96. I don't think they've even touched this up at all, not even the graphics. It just It's funny, great twist at the end. Santa's surprise, just a surprise to see the M&M's as they are to see him. He does exist. They do exist. And he, he, he faints. It just, it's great. Uh, it's funny. The M&M's meeting Santa. And then finally, uh, the reason I thought about this because uh, the Hershey's, the holiday bells, the Hershey's kisses bouncing to the tune of <laughs> we wish you a Merry Christmas. It's classic. It's simple. It's memorable. It wasn't until four years ago that they actually added the high definition graphics to it. The longest running commercial for the Hershey brand. 31 years debuted in 1989. And then what do they do this year? They change it. They changed it this year. I don't know if you saw it. The the ad starts the same this year? as the original, yeah. But then it gets like interrupted. The ch- a child picks up one of the kisses, unwraps it, and then uses it to bake uh, the holiday peanut butter blossom cookies. Oh my god! First, Which, I hate the peanut butter blossom cookies. I mean, I, I said it. I don't like them. I don't like them. So there was like a lot of outrage behind it. Supposedly now Hershey's decided that they're airing both. I have yet to see I know why the original. So I know why they did that. I mean, you don't mess with a classic. Come oh, on. you you know why they did that. Why You're did talking they do about this? it because people are talking about it. Well, listen. People have not talked about that ad. That ad is That's comfort. not true. That's not that, no. We will talk about it. But how many people just sit around the table going? Man, the Christmas ad again, the jingle bells, the holiday bells. No, the everyone loves no, everybody no, loves that if commercial. If they're sitting around the table, no, no, no. you know, socially distanced of course this season, you're sitting around the table, you're going, Hey, did you see they those bastards changed that like all of a sudden then you got people talking again. And then you think you're going, Hershey kisses. Hershey kisses are to me are some it, it, it might be the perfect candy for me. For me, I love them. Yeah, because you just you leave them in there like it's a dip. You don't, like yeah. you're dipping skull, and it just melts in there, and it's so nice. You, you got you gotta leave like it around because I, I think oh, they man. did this to the um, I think they did this to the the classic Cadbury cream egg commercial. I think they they messed around with that one too. It was I don't know if it was this past year or two years ago. Nobody Everybody knows Easter be. better than Cadbury's. <laughs> leave it alone. Come on. All right. So that was my number one. The Hershey is the holiday bell. Okay, this is uh this is embarrassing. This is basically the same for everything. <laughs> I swear to God. All right, number five for me, it's uh it's back before I was born, and that means before you were born because we're the same age. Uh, nineteen eighty five. Uh, Peter comes home with the Folgers oh, ad. Yeah, yeah. And the whole family's asleep, and I'll wake them up by brewing some coffee. <laughs> so they go and they make the Folgers, and everybody wakes up to Folgers coffee. 
Is that how it wakes up every day? So is nobody waking up throughout the day, or is, how does that work? I don't know. I've always kind of been a Maxwell House guy myself. My mother likes Folgers, loves Folgers, and it was always a big deal for Folgers coffee. But uh, I've always been kind of pre- – I, I haven't told your mother about this. and mother isn't listening right now. Uh, but I uh, – I'm, a, I'm more of a Maxwell House guy myself. Best part of waking up, yeah, it's Folgers in your cup. My mother loves the Folgers, man, but still, I'm just like, eh, no, no. I, no offense to Folgers. It's still a great commercial. It's top five. Number four, Budweiser Clydesdales galloping through the snow. It's exactly how you described it. Uh, it's one of those it, – it, this is a lot of comfort here. Number three, Campbell's Soup Snowman. Number two, like you saw, by the way, you saw Campbell's Soup Snowman. You knew that movie was going to, you knew that movie. You knew that commercial was going to be a classic when it happened. You knew it. And there's kids, my kids see that commercial now. I saw that when I was a kid. Number Is two, it, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't have these in there. Coke Polar Bears. I thought about that. Not, I was considering that. I was considering the, uh, Mc, the Ronald McDonald, the ice skating. Oh, that's a good McDonald's, one. McDonald's, yeah. We've always been a we've always been a Pepsi family, and my my late uncle would be so upset with me saying this. I'm sorry, but uh, the Coke Polar Bears, nothing beats them around the holidays except number one, the Hershey's Bells, the original Hershey's Bells. Just they should just play that on Christmas radio stations during this time. Just 30 seconds. There you go. Boom. Way we go. Probably are some that do. That is my top five. Fantastic as always, Pierno. This is a great one. You really outdid yourself this time. You still see the Camel Soup commercial, the Snowman? Yeah, yeah I, I swear to God, I saw. I saw it. I think I saw it on Hulu a couple days ago. I, I swear on it. my children. I saw because my children are watching. And I swear I had went. Wow, my kids are watching this now. Just like I, I felt like I was in a Werther's original commercial all of a sudden, talking about another commercial. Fantastic top five. Fantastic top five. High noon Eastern. Young quarterbacks are just like young children. Up next, an honor and a pleasure. General of the Joint Chiefs, or excuse me, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, joins us on the show. Army, Navy, today, 3 o'clock. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio right now. It's the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. 3 o'clock this afternoon, CBS, Army, Navy, America's game. And to talk about it right now on the show, it is a distinct honor and a pleasure to welcome in the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, who joins us on the show. General Mark A. Milley, we thank you very much for joining us this morning, sir. Hey, Ken, thanks. Thanks for having me, and thanks for allowing me to represent all the soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, uh, Coast Guardsmen out there in the world uh, on Freedom's Frontier, defending our, our great country every single day. So thanks, Ken, for being here. The pleasure is all mine. Uh, first off, what's this game? what's this game mean to you and then – what do you think this game means to American society? Well, uh, you know, it's the 121st time Army-Navy has uh, met since it's, the games first started in 1890. So it's a great competition between two great schools uh, that produce future leaders for our land force and our maritime force. Uh, so that's, uh, that's important in and of itself. But to the American people, it's a great example of teamwork, uh, unity, uh, where you see the competition on the field. And at the end of it, they are shoulder-to-shoulder, arm-in-arm, in order to defend the Constitution, defend the American people. When Is this, for you, how special of a day is this, I guess I would have to ask, because you get a chance to, again, you know, speak to cadets, uh, speak to everybody on both sides. 
uh, and really kind of a moment where kind of people let their guard down a little bit, let their hair down a little bit, and, and have some fun even during these times. Well, it is. It's a great day, it, and uh, for me, it's personally enjoyable and satisfying to see these future leaders uh, of the Navy and the Army, the midshipmen and the cadets, uh, and it's great. And, uh, you know, I was uh, chief of staff of the Army for four years. I come up and rooted for Army all the time. Uh, and, by the way, we were a 3-1 record while I was a chief. Uh, lost last year, but this year I think Army will probably do it. But, really, I'm rooting for both teams. I'm rooting for the Army, and I'm rooting for the Navy, uh, and for the Air Force, for that matter. So I'm a joint officer now, chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Uh, so I want them all to win, and in fact, they are all winners because at the end of the day, at the uh, end of their four years of of uh, schooling here at the school at, at West Point, Annapolis, they're all going to uh, win, be a commissioned officer in the Navy and the Army, and out there at the Air Force Academy, the Air Force Coast Guard Academy. Uh, there'll be Marines uh, coming out of these schools, uh, so it's great. And every single one of these cadets and midshipmen is highly talented and future leaders of our country and our services. General Mark A. Milley joining us on the show, General. If a fan were to go to a game, like say myself, I, my sons are five, four, and one. I plan on taking my sons probably when my youngest is seven. What is the thing at the Army Navy game that I have to see to really let it sink in for my sons about how important this game is? I think one of the things uh, that's important is not only just the competition, but at the end of the game, no matter who wins, uh, the team uh, that loses uh, goes and they sing their uh, school song. The team that wins goes and sings their school song, and yet both shake hands, uh, and they're arm-in-arm arm at the end of the game, knowing they're one joint force uh, in defense of America. And it's the camaraderie, uh, the bonding uh, that uh, you see on the field of a competition between them, but at the end of it, they bond, and they're one joint force defending this great country. General Mark A. Milley joining us on the show. For you and your career, you know, you, t- you take over a couple of years ago as the Joint, Chiefs, joint Chief of Staff, um, or the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, I think one of the things that I've been most impressed about has has been, honestly, your candor on both technology and the use and application of technology in the future with the United States military and also uh, the role in, in what has gone on with health, organization, obviously with everything with COVID, and I'll ask you about that here in a second, but technology and also you know, the, some of the work you guys have done with natural resources, finding out about the power grid and finding out about some of the other natural resources that are ta- natural resources that are taken advantage of by the United States military and how to make those things better uh, throughout the 21st century for our, for our national defense. Uh, yeah, there's uh, a lot there, Ken, to unpack. Uh, you know, if you roll the clock back, I was commissioned 40 years ago, and uh, these cadets and midshipmen that are here today uh, many of them are going to be senior military officers, admirals, and generals uh, 30, 40 years uh, from now. And if you try to imagine the future, as you mentioned, there's a lot of technologies that are happening uh, that are coming at us very, very quickly, robotics, artificial intelligence, and, and a wide variety of other things. And I would argue that, um, and I don't want to get too off the track of a Army-Navy football game, but we are probably entering into a a significant period where we have a fundamental change in the character of war, and that is largely driven uh, in many, many ways uh, by technology. There's other factors that do that, but a lot of it is technology. And what we have here is an extraordinarily uh, bright uh, group of people in these cadets and midshipmen who are going to lead the country through those significant changes. Uh, People like me who have been around for a long time, uh, sometimes we're wedded in our ways. So we're depending on the youth of our nation. Uh, to lead the way into the future, and, in fact, uh, that's going to happen. Uh, you mentioned uh, the, the COVID uh, piece. I'm not sure what questions you wanted to ask on that, but 
Uh, I can tell you that for certain, uh, the United States military has made a really significant contribution uh, from the very beginning. Uh, and thankfully, we have had relatively low numbers of uh, sickness and, and, and death uh, in the military itself, which has enabled us to better protect the society as a whole. Uh, so very, very proud of what the military has done with respect to our response to COVID. Oh, General, that certainly answers that. General Mark A. Milley joins us on the show. Your father, and I want to get this right, because this is obviously something that's personal today with this game, the military obviously being personal to you, not just through your career and your life, but through your father. Your father was, I hope I'm getting this right, he was a Marine that fought at Iwo Jima. Is that correct? In the, it, was it the 4th uh, Marine Division? Yeah, he was. He, my mother and my father actually were both in the Navy. My mother uh, was in the Navy Medical Corps and served at a hospital out in Seattle taking care of the wounded coming back from the Pacific. Both were enlisted. And my father was actually a Navy corpsman. The, the Marines don't have medics. Uh, per se. So the Navy provides their medics, which are called Navy corpsmen. So my dad was a Navy corpsman, and he was assigned uh, to the 4th Marine Division, and he made the assault landings with the 4th Marine Division in World War II uh, at Kwajalein, Saipan, Tinian, and Iwo Jima. Uh, both of them are, are passed on, but I and all of my family are very, very proud of their service uh, during World War II, and they, along with 16 million of uh, their best friends uh, who donned the cloth of our country, are in many, many ways they're responsible for the freedoms we enjoy today, along with all of the soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines that defend us every single day out there uh, around the world. So I'm very proud of my parents' service, and I'm very proud of the service of all those in uniform today. What's the thing that you tell when you meet cadets, when you meet midshipmen? What's the thing that you tell them that what you think leaves a, a good, lasting image uh, of what this game represents, of what this moment represents to our armed forces? Again, I think it's the unity and bonding um, that uh, the, uh, both the uh, midshipmen and the cadets, uh, they fight fiercely for, uh, to put uh, points on the board and to get the ball in the end zone, uh, but at the end of it, uh, they bond together as a single joint force, uh, and they depend on each other in many, many ways. The Army uh, depends on the Navy in so many ways in order to uh, ship equipment and personnel to various parts of the world, and the Navy depends on the Army in so many ways. Uh, so they're, they're a, you get the synergistic effect of combined arms operations between the Army and the Navy and, indeed, the Air Force as well and the Marine Corps. Uh, so it's a single joint force to achieve uh, the defense of the country. And that's really what, what I take uh, away from uh, a game like Army-Navy. Did you play hockey growing up? I did. I played hockey all my life. Uh, played hockey at, in college at Princeton and uh, thought I was going to be in the NHL but uh, didn't get drafted, so I came in the Army. You were that. Wait a minute. You were actually that good at hockey. <laughs> I was actually. Uh, I wasn't too bad. I don't want to beat my chest, but I wasn't too bad. I was all right. <laughs> General Mark Milley joining us I on the show. Penalties. <laughs> well, that's okay. Penalty minutes are good. We we love guys who are getting the penalty minutes. In fact, uh, I'm doing this interview uh, from a West Point hockey coach from his office on his phone. Uh, Brian Riley, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, his dad has been a Riley coaching hockey at West Point for 70 years. And his father was uh, the, the, the coach here a long time ago. His dad, of course, he was the uh, 1960 Olympic hockey coach. He won the gold medal. And he recruited me to come here play at West Point. Uh, but I didn't like uniforms, so I didn't think I'd come in the Army. But here I am 40 years later. So, did you, so you did end up playing over at Princeton is what you're saying, too? I did. Yeah, played at Princeton. In fact, I've been close with all the guys on the team for uh, all these years afterwards. And they've come to a variety of promotions throughout my life and uh, we've always stayed very close. Uh, we had a really good bond, really good team.
Well, General, no offense, but I've seen the I've seen the Princeton football uniforms. I'm not a big fan of the Princeton football uniforms. Were they anything like the hockey hey, uniforms? Tell me, man. Play? Princeton football <laughs> is almost as good as the team. <laughs> General Mark Milley joining us on the show. I watched an interview you did. This was uh, last week, actually, and you cited Michael Howard, who just passed away, the military historian. Yeah. When you said, "quote Get it less wrong than your enemy got it." Yep. Is how how apropos is that for this game between these two teams with these two offenses, where you like to see ground and pound style of football with very few mistakes, knowing that any mistake could probably be a fatal one in this game. Well, uh, you know, Michael Howard was talking about uh, warfare, and what he was talking about was the future of warfare, and that no country will take the technology and the doctrine, the organization, the leader development, the training, etc., and get it exactly right. Uh, what the key in warfare is to get it less wrong than the enemy. So you come to a football game or hockey game or, or any game, baseball, basketball, what you name your sport, uh, and in many, many ways, uh, the team that makes less mistakes ends up prevailing. Um, so that's why defense is so important, in fact, in football. Uh, so you've got two teams here today uh, that are going to compete. Uh, they both got strengths and weaknesses, and Army – uh, right now, has got a little bit better record uh, this year with a seven and two record. And Navy's coming in with a three and six record, uh, but they both got strengths. And in, in Navy's case, they got a real strong uh, defense uh, with this kid Diego uh, Fago, who's a great linebacker. Uh, but he, he's going to be going against a real strong ground game uh, by Army. Who they got a great quarterback in Tyler, and uh, they got a couple of great running backs in McCoy, and and uh, and then they got uh, Buchanan out there. Uh, so. Uh, you've got a real uh, tough game coming up. I, I hesitate to pick a winner on this one uh, because you've got a good, strong ground game against good, strong defense. So we'll see what happens. But the team that makes the less mistakes it usually comes out on top, both in combat and in football. General, I know you're very busy today. I can't thank you enough for your time. I thank you for what you've done for us, uh, for us as a country and for our allies abroad. We thank you very much. We hope you enjoy the day and have a wonderful holiday season. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate the support, and, uh, and I want to – just uh, give a shout-out to all the young folks that are out there uh, and encourage them at, uh, when, they, when it comes time uh, to raise their right hand and join the military in one form or another and serve their country. Uh, we need your help. The country needs your help. We need your leadership. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, General Milley. General Mark A. Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, joining us on the show. Army-Navy today, man. And as Pierno can certainly tell, I am beaming. I am very beaming right now. I don't now. I can't now. I don't want to pick a winner. I got the general of the joint. I got the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff. I got a major general talking to us here, and now I don't want to pick a winner. If he can't pick a winner, I can't pick a winner. I root for. I I always have root, ended up rooting for Army, in this sense. Pierno still might be on the phone with him. I am beaming right now. This is what the game's all about, my friends. Joe in Oregon, if I could click on him. Joe, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Man, I have to follow that. That's uh, crazy. <laughs> you you can't talk beaver football now, Joe. You can't talk no, beaver no. football. I'm going to talk Army football. You know that's my second team. Uh, Army veteran, man. Um, that's right. If, Ken, if, if you can get to Army-Navy, you got to go. I oh, we're going. In 20, I went in 2017 in the snow game in Philadelphia, snowed six inches throughout the game. My wife went with us. She was five months pregnant at the time. Uh, it, it's a phenomenal experience. And what I would tell you, the most important thing 
I mean, if you could get there at game day, get there for game day, get there for the CBS breakdown, but don't get caught up with some of that stuff, the step-offs. Watching the cadets and the midshipmen march onto the field, it's just – it's really cool. And they announced the, the platoon leaders and the leadership. I, I mean, it was really cool. So that's what I would say to you when you take your kids. I keep saying when I go again and my wife's looking, she's like, I, I, if you go again, I'm not going. So um, – but it's, it's a phenomenal experience. We enjoyed the time in Philadelphia – we actually took a, a trip. Uh, my brother and sister-in-law were stationed at the Pentagon at the time. So after we went to the Army-Navy game, the next day they gave us a private tour of the Pentagon. So wow. having that uh, experience was really cool uh, to stay with them for the week in D.C. and then to go up to the game. So yeah, Joe, I, I got to uh, tell you, and, and, and Joe, because I, I don't want to have to cut you off, Joe. I can't thank you enough for the calls and the service, buddy. Take care. Yep. Joe on Joe in Oregon joining us on the show. Um, it, the game does mean a lot, and, and sometimes my friends kind of roll their eyes, uh, who I work with, because you know I've had a lot of family members who are in the in the who have been in the service, who have served, who are veterans now. Uh, it's always been a game I've wanted to see. It's been a game I've watched every single year, uh, and it's something that I think it's important for my sons to see. It's something that I've always wanted to attend, and I and I do intend on taking my sons. I, it. it might reach a point where I might go myself and then take my sons for a second time or something like that, just so I can scout first and see exactly what I want to make sure that they get to see. But uh, obviously a bucket list moment right there. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark A. Milley joining us on the show. Coming up next, young quarterbacks are just like young children. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.